Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Jizz Talking for a Sunday night. We're here with the one and only, and I always say one and only because really there is only one, Jiggy Jaguar. How are we doing, Jiggy? How are you? Good. I tell you what, I was just going through my memory bank the other day, which uh, is a short deposit for sure. And um, I was thinking that we have a mutual friend, and I just reached out to her today, and she says, just tell him hi. And uh, our friend Deb Brown uh, was down in Hutchison, Kansas in 2010. And she did a, 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 uh, it was called a 140 character conference. Yes. Yeah. And it was how to. Oh, son of a bitch. Back that far. Yeah. It was kind of how to use Twitter for lack of a better term. Yes. Uh, And, and putting out there your feelings and your hopes and dreams and 140 characters. Yes. Now I don't know if it's 140 characters or who gives a shit or whatever, you know, but um, that is where she came back and she says, Pat, you got to meet a guy. You got to meet a guy. <laughs> and lo and behold, then, then I saw you probably, and I never approached you because I really didn't know who you were at then because I didn't put two and two together. Were you at Denver Exotica? Yes, I was. Okay. I saw you there and yes. you were in your... Uh, I was there with Michael Nagy and Britannia and the rabble rousing ringleader, Ross, the boss. We were, you had a posse, that's for sure. And, uh, uh, anyway, um, so I saw you there and I think you were, uh, did you, were you wearing a pimp hat? I probably was. I I think you're wearing a pimp hat or I might've been wearing, which is, you know, I always like to refer to it as the Mexican hat, even though yeah. it's actually a sombrero. Yeah. I don't like to say the word pimp. I like to use the term gentleman of leisure. <laughs> that is awesome as well. Yeah. So anyway, wow. I saw you there. And uh, again, you were with your posse and your crew and you were interviewing everybody. And I was, I was working for triple X porn star radio. And uh, so our paths didn't really ever cross because I was in the booth most of the time. Anyway, then, um, then lo and behold, we meet in Chicago and what a a grand time that was. So, uh, it's, it's gone all the way. I mean, 12 years we've, I've known about you. uh, (laughs) That's dangerous. Everybody, you know, you evidently, you've evidently got a day job. What is it? What do you do? I do this. I do radio. I do, uh, you know, uh, marketing and, uh, you know, have a, have a radio show for iHeartRadio. And then I have that. And and that's the, the political show, as I like to call it. And then we have the, then we do the porn stars and on Sunday, Mm -hmm. we do the porn stars and the rock and rollers and all, and all the people in between. Okay. The pro wrestlers. I, so I didn't know if you still worked for a radio station at Hutchinson or what. what oh you- God, no! They would never hire me here. Okay. <laughs> people, people in people in Kansas, once they latch on to something, they never let it go until they literally row them out in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked, or um, I wished I could have worked there years and years ago, but I um. I, I grew up in a little tiny town called McPherson, Kansas, 
and McPherson had a local radio station and they had a guy on there by the name of Bob Hapgood. And Bob Hapgood was a drummer for a band called King Midas and the Mufflers. And Bob Hapgood was the morning guy. And he spent most of his career drumming people out of the radio business so he could never have a successor. Well, then the day came where he had a heart attack and died and didn't come into work the next day. And they went, I don't know what to do. Just play old clips. <laughs> so <laughs> for, several, for several months, people thought Bob was still alive. Oh. And <laughs> they had the funeral. They did all the things. And, and, uh, but that's just radio in general. But more or less, that's, that's radio in Kansas. They, uh, my mother got a um, board op job uh, running the control board for a local NPR station at one point, And they told her straight up front when she interviewed for the job, they said, we have everybody that works here is full-time employees. And unless we die or quit, you're never going to get an opportunity in a full-time position. Wow. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I, so, I, work, yeah, I work part-time here in town. And one day the boss, who was never gone. He was a four pack a day Marlboro guy. And um, uh, so he went and got his teeth pulled and he, I'm, I'm getting false teeth. So anyway, the day he leaves to get false teeth, I got to fill in for him. The day the goddamn space shuttle challenger blows up. Wow. Right my shift. And all, all, you know, we had UPI, the UPI machine had no TV at the station because we wouldn't have one. So the only report was I got the shuttle is flying out of control. And that was it. Hell, I had to go home and turn the TV on and find out actually what happened. <laughs> Hell, the fucking thing blew out of the wow. So, and then, you know, in radio, uh, I always found that the reward for good work was more work. Yes. You did that yeah. ad great. Now do another 26 of them. Yes. When I worked at Rockingham Radio, which recently thank the Lord above or thank the brother Ken above, whichever um, filed for bankruptcy. Um, these guys, I couldn't believe that they had, I, I couldn't believe they're still on the air and it's, and it's the year 2022. Cause when I worked for them in 2009, they were pulling the water coolers out of the buildings and wouldn't let us have coffee or business cards. Wow. And uh, <laughs> it's just amazing that these, these groups, um, you know, and, and, and like I said, when I worked for Rockingham radio, I did the morning show with Ken where I wasn't really allowed to ever talk. And then I would come in, uh, I would, I would leave, come back, um, book and board up the sports talk show in the afternoon and then board up, uh, and produce the high school sports. And then I would leave about midnight and come back in at 5 a.m. So, yes, you're right. If you do a good job, you you get more work in radio. Yeah. So after 20, 17 years, I was tired of reading the weather and said, I've had enough of this shit. I, I worked in a town <laughs> at one time that had a tornado go through it and really did some damage. And so every time there's a cloud in the sky, people would call the radio station. What's the forecast? I said, hey, oh, yeah. turn, your, turn your radio on. I'll tell you in 10 minutes. Turn your radio on. I'll tell you in ten minutes. That sounds like something that my uh, 
my friend Captain Tony Morgan would do. Um, a, a couple weeks ago, I happened to bump into to, to Captain Tony Morgan. He used to do this thing called the first word contest where he wanted to do the first word. And so people would call up and he would do like the first word of like a song or the first word of something. It was a first word contest and people would call up and he would be like, what's the first word? And they'd be like, oh, hey, Tony, how you doing? He's like, hey, Tony is not the first word. And he'd hang up on me. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that 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 is that is a great line. You know, uh, they call you and, and they go, uh, what's the weather? Well, turn on the radio. I'll tell you in 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's get started on how uh, you got into how you got into interviewing different different. You interviewed me a couple weeks ago and said, how do you keep meeting famous people? That's I'll right. ask you the same thing. How do you keep? Meeting how do people? I keep meeting famous people? Because I'm terribly bored. <laughs> I am, I am, uh, I, I, I have always said, you know, if somebody would just give me a check, I'd go away. Um, when, when I used to do the show, when we used to do the Sunday show and I was in Salina, Kansas, we still do the Sunday show and I'm not in Salina anymore, but we had a feud with a local television station called community access television of Salina Inc. That was their legal entity name. And um, we had this feud going with this woman by the name of Marcia Stevenson. She was the executive director, um, and she hated the porn industry. I don't know if maybe she had some porn videos running around, or the husband had talked her into doing some things. <laughs> I, I don't know, but she had a huge feud with the porn industry. And I used to always tell people, Every Sunday, I'm like, if you want me to go away, give me a check and I'll go away. You could call the local radio station. They could give me a job and put me in like a basement like they did George Costanza on that one Seinfeld episode. Mm -hmm. and, and I could be in the basement and you'd never see me again. As long as the checks kept coming in, I'd disappear. But how I started meeting famous people, um, it is kind of interesting because I would just tell people, Whenever people ask me, they're like, how do you meet? How'd you meet that guy? I emailed him. Uh, we, we covered a, this, some, some of the things that I've done over my time is amazing. Um, one of the very first celebrities that I interviewed, I guess you, you want to call them a celebrity. Eh, they're a celebrity. They're famous. Um, the lead singer of the 1980s rock band firehouse. Yeah. I had a show on this thing called Lycos Talk Radio. I don't know if anybody remembers the search engine Lycos. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I see Rick nodding his head in the corner. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Lycos. Um, God, I don't even know if Lycos is even still around. But um, Lycos had this thing called Lycos Talk Radio. And I had been emailing all sorts of people all the time. And at one point... I somehow got on Firehouse's website, and I thought, well, let's see if I could get them. So I sent them an email, and they get back with me, and they're like, when do you want him on? So I gave him a phone number because I think that's how they did it then. You, 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 you dial into this thing called Wonder Horse or whatever the hell kind of software they had. And so he did an interview with me. Well, one of the very first, like, big celebrities that I got to interview, which I was really excited about. And as they say in the professional wrestling business, I was marking out. Um, 
I got to meet Eddie Money. Mm-hmm. I got to interview Eddie Money. And I'm a huge Eddie Money, Mark. And so even though I always tell Brittany, my, my lovely and talented girlfriend slash don't call her the assistant when she's around because she doesn't like being called the assistant. But um, the assistant. Uh, I often tell her, I don't mark out for anybody. And then, of course, she turns around and tells me that's bullshit. And we move on down the road. That's the bit. But um, me and my buddy Ross, the boss, the rabble rousing ringleader, who you've probably seen me with at Exotica in Denver. um, We were filming a rap video. (laughs) I don't know why we're filming a rap video. We were filming a rap video in a place called Junction City, Kansas, which is like a whole nother country. First time I went there, we went to a church's chicken and there was random Rottweilers running around in the traffic in front of the chicken place. There was gangsters inside buying chicken. It's just, I'm like, where the hell are we? <laughs> but I see this billboard for Eddie Money. He's coming to Junction City. And I'm like, I want to interview Eddie Money. And Ross is like, that's never going to happen. So I send an email to the First, I send an email to the record label. They forward me on to the to his uh, tour manager. Well, I got all the way. I, I went through the whole gambit. I talked to the record label. I talked to the 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 manager. I talked to his publicity person. I talked to everybody. Finally, I get this rant the night before we're supposed to have sundown salute. I'm being told I can do this, but I haven't gotten any confirmation. I get this phone call, and this is the first time that I'd ever had a no-call ID or, you know, they wouldn't display the number on the cell phone. I'm like, what the hell is this? I pick it up, and there's this voice, and it sounds like one of those guys that used to, they used to uh, cover up the voice on, like, Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this guy calls me, and he goes... You, are you the guy that's wanting to interview Eddie Money? I said, yes. And he goes, be in Junction City tomorrow at noon at the, uh, at the corner of, and he gave me the address, and he said, a black bus will pull up. Someone will get off, will point at you, and you will get on the bus and interview Eddie Money. And I got off the phone, and I looked at my mom, who I was having dinner with at the time at her house, and she goes, so are you going to get to do this Eddie Money thing? And I said, I guess. So I call up Ross. Now, Ross, of course, if you remember seeing him in, in, in Denver, Patrick, he is always so minute on everything, and everything has to be correct, because if it's not correct, then forget about the whole thing. I call him up and I explain the scenario to him, and he goes, sounds legit. Let's go. <laughs> we get in the car, drive all the way to Junction City, and sure as crap, the freaking bus pulls up. This guy points at us. We get on the bus. He says, hey, Eddie will be out in a minute. Here comes Eddie Money. He's, you know, Eddie Money. <laughs> and uh, while we're setting up the equipment and the press guy or the, the tour manager says, you have five minutes. Well, he says, you have 10 minutes. And then he looks at us and he goes, now you got eight minutes. And then, he, and then Eddie comes out and he goes, no, you got five minutes. And so we start to make it quick. And Eddie's like, ah, don't let my son, I mean tour manager, (laughs) bother you at all. (laughs) Take as long as you need, fellas. So we did the interview, and then we get off the bus. And before we get off the bus, Ross, of course, always wants to film the first three songs. That's what Ross does. He wants to set up cameras, do the whole thing. 
Well, unbeknownst to us, the local radio station in town, Power Hits 97.5, had spent apparently a lot of money to be there as the sponsor. So as soon as Ross is starting to set up cameras, here comes this tiny little woman. And of course, we all know that's always where the problem starts. Here comes this tiny little woman, and she has the cops with her. And she wants us arrested and thrown out of this park. Now, it's a public park. <laughs> and so she marches us backstage. She wants to know who gave us the permission. So we point at the guy who she wants us to point at a group of guys. So instead, I holler the guy's name. And then he turns around and I go, yep, that's him. And we managed to get our permission. We got to film. And then as soon as it was all over with, I took out my, I don't know if you remember this, Patrick, but do you remember those little flip cameras? Mm -hmm. Those little cheaply made Japanese flip cameras. <laughs> By the way, Erica is joining us. I'm glad to see a perv magnet here this evening. <laughs> um, so, so, especially one that I know. Um, so I take out my flip camera and the, and the, the little tiny blonde woman comes over there and starts yelling and screaming at the cops to have us arrested. And the cop looks at her and he goes, ma'am, I can't have them thrown out of a public park. So I, I, get to, I get to meet all sorts of people, and it's basically just because I'm bored and I send them an email. That's it. That's and, it. And, and more people don't realize that. And I mean... That's so um, easy to do because, like... Um, I can't tell you how many, which I think Exotic is starting to have this issue, but um, the ABN has this issue a lot where every guy who has a podcast gets press credentials. <laughs> the yeah. first time, you know, what, one of the things that I really have an issue with, even though people don't, don't, quite believe this when they talk to me is i part of it is the paranoia because it's mcpherson mcpherson kansas it's ingrained into the dna everybody's paranoid from that town two i don't really have i have been i have literally been beat up by so many of these idiots over the years i have sometimes zero confidence <laughs> in what we do and so I will go to these events like the ABN, and I'll be like, I'm going to get to interview Jessica Drake today. Now, of course, I interviewed her years and years ago at a little porn store called the Lion's Den. I don't know if you're familiar with the Lion's Den. Yeah, the, the chain, yeah. Yes. This, they have a Lion's Den in near Abilene, Kansas, the home of Eisenhower, the childhood home of Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> and they have a giant sign, a giant billboard a church has taken out that is right in front of the lion's den telling everybody the evils of porn. And a lot of times it's a situation of, well, why do you have what well, you're driving down the road and you're like, you see this billboard for the evils of porn. And then you're like, Oh, porn star right next to it. I guess I'll stop. So <laughs> she was at this lion's den and a buddy of mine 
happens to get wind of this. And he's like, I want to go up there and meet her. So we go up there and meet her. Now, of course, I don't know any way to get a hold of her. I don't know. I don't know. Management context, nothing. We just show up at the lion's den. And after my buddy Corbin, who we nicknamed CW because he looked like former pro wrestler CW Anderson. I don't know if anybody remembers CW Anderson at all, but uh, he looked like C-Dub, so we called him C-Dub. Well, C-Dub has got like this giant, like an Easter egg basket of pornography. (laughs) I don't know where he got all this. He pays her some god-awful amount of money, and she signs everything. Well, while she's signing it, I go, hey, I hand her my business card, and I go, hey, can we do an interview with you? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Just give me five minutes. We'll get everybody through, and then we'll go to the back. It's stuff like that. But like I said with the press pass thing, years later, I would show up at an ABN. And, of course, if anybody has ever seen me in action, I usually have the pink suit which is really the only suit that fits me, Um, (laughs) or my Christmas suits. And I've got my pink suit. I've got all my gear. Brittany is loaded down with all of the camera equipment and everything, and we're, like, ready to go. And I get down the hallway to where we're supposed to go meet up with Miss Jessica. And, of course, she has her security, her personal security there. (laughs) It looks, she's got better security than Biden. And uh, so she's got all this security. Well, we go inside and they're like, just wait here. There's somebody doing an interview. They're finishing up and they'll get you in there. And I'm watching the previous interview and it's two guys. And what I think is funny is that I often wear Hawaiian shirts all over the place. That's just part of my thing. It's kind of like Patrick. You know, you can't be mad at a guy in a Hawaiian shirt. So they got a guy wearing Hawaiian shirts. (laughs) Then, oh, look at this. I feel like I'm on the Letterman show. He brought a clip. And uh, (laughs) so he's got the suits, got the, I'm ready to go. The previous guys have Hawaiian shirts, a cell phone, and a little tiny clip-on mic, a lavalier mic. And they have no prep, and they're asking Jessica, hey, what's your favorite ice cream? And so I immediately sit there and go, okay, I have nothing to worry about. (laughs) We are totally prepared. So that's... My my only... my The the biggest interview I ever lucked into was... um, I think it was a 2000, yeah, the 2000 presidential campaign. They, of course, I was first on the rotation, and uh, Ambassador Alan Keyes was in, in our town. Alan Keyes? I've met Alan Keyes. In, in Mason great. City, was north of here. And anyway, um, he was supposed to be appearing at 7 o'clock, and it was 6.30, and they were kind of, uh, the staff was kind of pondering, and they didn't look right. I said, I walked up to him, and I said, um, I'd like to be able to interview uh, Senator or, uh, Ambassador Keys. Um, I brandished a, a business card, and he yep, said, yep. Um, "Here's the deal. Um, we dropped him off at the Golden Corral, and nobody knows how to go back to the Golden Corral. They don't know where it's at." Uh-huh. I said, "I do, <laughs> and if I get to interview him first, I'll take you there." And so we get on the bus, left, right, oh, left, yeah, right, yes. down in a, so I cut ahead of CBS, CNN, 
NBC, all the big stations. So I get it first interview, small little KLMJ. Uh, Fantastic. 6,000 watt radio station. Gets Take it to them, baby. Uh, and then emailing people. I emailed uh, somebody with Wayne Newton. Finally, they called and says, Wayne Newton. That would be great. He was going to be in Davenport, Iowa. Why do you, why do you want to go have, have, see Wayne Newton? I said, because Davenport's closer than Branson. And okay. So anyway, they gave me some passes. For that. Anyway, let's um, let's turn things over because we want to get some other folks in. Let's go to Rick. I haven't seen Rick for a while. So we need to uh, see Rick and see what Rick's been up to. Rick, what are you doing? Nothing. Just can't wait to go down to Chicago at the end of the month or towards the end of the month. Excellent. Excellent. Well, make sure you stop by the booth. We got a shitload of people there. That's uh, what I'm seeing. I'm really impressed. I'm happy yeah, with that. Uh, I had supper the other night with uh, uh, Lolly Tops, and Lolly Tops was Miss Big Bust Nude America. And I said, would you like to dance there? Oh, would I? So I said, I'll see what I can do. And I, I emailed somebody the next day, and boom, now she's on the schedule for Saturday night. So uh, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, so, she Rick, just you have a question, question or comment for Jiggy? me on Twitter. No, I just can't wait to hear some more stories. <laughs> oh, I can I can tell you the uh, uh, why don't I why don't I tell the story from Friday night? Oh yeah, <laughs> that, looked, that looked interesting. Oh my God, what a mess! I don't know, Patrick, if you remember Big Will from when we were in Chicago. Big Will and myself, we went and covered the bare knuckle fighting championship 23 it was uh all these guys with no gloves hitting each other hence why it's called bare knuckle fighting and uh so we get these press passes now i've covered bare knuckle before it's not a big deal i show up with my stupid pink suit on my banners and britney and everybody and we do the interviews well there is this woman we'll call her that um I don't know if you've ever heard the name Susan Singari before, Patrick. Most people have not. <laughs> Never heard of her. I have nicknamed her Susie Q uh, because of the song. <laughs> well, Susan Singari has won a string of Emmys, but she hasn't actually won the Emmys. What she's done is she's been a producer or she's been involved in something that someone else has won the Emmy. And they basically said, hey, you're on the team. Here's an Emmy. So we have covered these events before. Not a problem. Well, Susan decided that she did not want to deal with me and Big Will that night. So we go back. Now, this before the event even starts. We're backstage. I talked to the people with the bare knuckle fighting app. And I said, hey, if we set up our stuff over here, is that going to bother you guys? They're like, nope, no big deal. Do it. So then <laughs> we go backstage and we're getting, we're getting autographs and interviews and all the different stuff. Not a big deal. We come outside of the locker room. We go to look at the media area because they have a media area, which we're not going to hang out in because you're, if you're in the media area, the fighters don't come to you and you don't get anything. That's how the media area works. <laughs> so we're backstage and we are told then at one point by security, I love security, we need to move our stuff. And I said, okay, not a big deal. So we went and we sat 
right across from where Susan and her crew were set up. So then security comes back there and they said, you got to move. <laughs> I said, why do we got to move? And they go, well, you're not allowed to be back here. I said, we have backstage passes. And I showed them our laminates, same laminates everybody was wearing. So they said, you can't be back here. And I said, who told you I can't be back here? And they said, well, David Feldman, the president of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, doesn't want you back here. I said, okay. And he goes, here's the deal. You're either going to move or we're going to call him and he's going to come back here. I said, I said, yes, get him back here. Because think about this. He's in the middle of running a pay-per-view event. Do you really think that he's going to drop everything he's doing to come backstage to deal with my dumbass? No, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> so they start texting, you know, doing all that stuff. Finally, they said, well, you just got to go. You just got to go to the media area. So then I get a call from the guy who issued me the media passes. And he said, here's the deal. You can't be back there. You've got to go to your table and you can just get interviews that way. I said, okay, not a big deal. So we go out there. So then he says, here's what you can do. Every time there's a fight, go backstage, grab the guy who won and bring him out to your table. I said, excellent. I'll do that. So we go backstage first two fights and we grab him and we bring him out to the table. Third fight rolls around. I go to go backstage and security stands in front of me. And they go, you can't go backstage anymore. <laughs> and I go, I go, okay, so how am I supposed to get these interviews? And they go, well, they'll come out here and mingle, which is bullshit. Cause I knew that wasn't going to happen. Well, look who won the pony. A couple people did. So we snagged them and did interviews at our media table. So then halfway through the show, some of these fighters have families sitting in the crowd. So they come out to see their, their families after the fight. They're protected by security and security won't let me get near them. And I'm like, okay, so they put everything they could in my way. And I still was able to get what I wanted. So then the next day, I'm like, well, how do I deal with this? Now, Big Will, of course, got all over Twitter and just was lighting everybody up. So I did a video talking about the whole experience and for whatever reason, and see, I don't understand Twitter to this extent, but apparently if I do a live video on Twitter or what used to be Periscope and I tag these people, apparently they can't get away from that because Holy, holy crap. I get a message from the president of bare knuckle fighting later saying, I'm sorry you had the bad experience, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like, take that fucking video down. And the only reason why I did this was because when I, 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 I've got history here with old Susie Q. The very first show that they did in Wichita, Kansas, right before COVID happened and canceled everything, they had hired me to go represent the Susan Singari brand <laughs> at their press conference. 
So I went to the press conference. Now, I was supposed to tell everybody that I was there for the Susan Singari brand. I was not Jiggy Jag, any of this stuff. But it didn't matter. Everybody knew me. So they didn't. And then I'd walk up to people and I'd be like, well, could we get you an interview for Susan Singari? And they're like, who? <laughs> and then they would look at me and go, oh, well, Jiggy, I'll come over and do one for you. But I don't know who the Susan woman is. <laughs> so... She was supposed to pay me $400 for the day. She paid me two. And then I chased her for six months during the beginning of the pandemic to try to get me to pay me the other two. Uh I turned her into the state of Kansas. I I turned her into everybody I get my hands on. So finally, she had her real estate attorney. (laughs) Her real estate attorney. Send me a threatening legal letter. It was an email, of course, because they're not going to send me a real letter. So he has sent me this big, long letter. So I replied with, are you even allowed by the state of Kansas to practice law? (laughs) And of course, he gets back with me and goes, well, no, but I'm going to be controlling the case from Florida. And I'm like, "Okay, so let me get this straight. And everybody in this everybody in this Zoom meeting knows exactly what I'm going to be talking about here. So you're telling me that you're going to hire an attorney in the state of Kansas. You're going to fly here. You're going to put yourself in a hotel. You're going to pay for meals. And you're going to be here for as long as this trial is going to take place. Over $200? Just pay me the $200 and move on down the road. So finally, after I couldn't get her to do this, she had sent, when I was still working with her, and I hadn't even officially worked with her yet she had she been sending me prep she would insult people in these in these emails like she sent a list of questions and she goes don't be like joe blogan he's a piece of shit blah 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 i'm like why do you have a problem with joe rogan (laughs) why are you jealous of him well come to find out later I, i get the impression and anybody that does any real research on this woman she's kind of past her prime and she doesn't have anything left. And this bare knuckle thing is like her last thing. And so she's holding on to it like grim death, which if you've seen pictures of her is coming pretty quickly. (laughs) And um, so finally what I did one day is I just made a bunch, I made a bunch of videos and I put, and I was going to put one up every day. And I tagged her and all the bare knuckle people in the tweet. And I said that if you don't pay me by tomorrow at five o'clock, I'm going to put my next video out. Well, what had happened is I had got a hold of Joe Rogan's producer and sent him the email. And they had sent me a response that I was going to read. And I'd already gotten the video done because I had like eight of these. Like at one point, she sent me an email about how, well, I've got your face on a bag and I'm hitting it. And then she like would send me an email later where she told me that I needed anger management. And so I read the email. I showed the email of her talking about my face on a bag. And then I would come back to me and I go, I need anger management. You need anger management. I'll come pick you up. We'll go together. (laughs) So... I had all these videos ready to go. And 
4.59 on the Tuesday, I get this notification right before I'm supposed to hit to go live on Periscope. I got a PayPal notification that said Susan Singari has sent you $200. Nice, nice. I'll see all is well in Enzo. Hey, we need to go to Cartrell. Cartrell, what's going yes. on? Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask a question. Um, like, what inspired you to get into radio? Radio? Were you inspired by Howard Stern? You know what's funny is I was halfway I was inspired by Howard, but I was also inspired by, um, and, I, and Patrick's probably going to know this name, Van Cal Muller from <laughs> uh, Yeah. Also, a little gentleman from Washington, D.C. by the name of the Grease Man. What a doodle. And um, I also got into radio because there was a guy locally who was on a station called T95 who stepped on every single song that he did an intro for. And sometimes he would just pot the, the music down and he would continue talking. <laughs> and I thought, I can do this better than this guy. So I started doing, you know, as I used to call them at one point, fake radio shows, which now I guess they're called podcasts. And uh, I would do these radio shows where I would have like my friends over and they would look, talk shit on people. And you know, I do things where I would call we had we would get the cord the corded phone, we would talk on it, I would hold the cordless phone up to the speaker or the microphone on the on the boom box, and we would do phone interviews with people. So yeah, that's that. But mostly it's man cow kid Chris from now of Cincinnati. Uh, Kid Chris, Man Cow, Grease Man, and kind of beginning of Howard Stern. I don't like the um, I've sold out Howard. Uh, I don't like serious Howard. Um, I liked Howard when he was like the rebel. But then when he got accepted and he was like, okay, <laughs> at Howard, I'm not a real big fan of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's like Eric Andre of his generation. Yes. Another guy, and I don't know if you, I, I, this, th th this is my whole radio thing. There was a, sh there was a movie that was made years and years ago. Don Cheadle made a show called Talk to Me, and it was about a mm. guy from Washington D.C. by the name of Petey Green. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> He he uh, he did this one thing uh, how to eat watermelon. It's how to eat watermelon? That's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I searched the world trying to find one of those chairs, like Petey Green had in that video, and I put it in our Hutchinson studio here. And I had a co-host by the name of comedian James Davis, and James was so big. He sat in the chair and he broke the chair, and I ended up throwing it out. <laughs> I, I got hired from speaking at at, uh, at a Rotary Club. Uh, hey, that's awesome! I know I a lot in, of people. When I was in Scouts, uh, a number of us would speak at uh, Rotary clubs, Quantum clubs, promoting promoting scouting and whatever. And um, the radio station manager was there, and and uh, he says, uh, 
Why don't you stop by the radio station? We'll uh, we'll see how you read. Okay. So anyway, that was that was that. Yeah, 1983 was when I got started. That's awesome. So I yeah, I was I was in. I I I did. Let's see, 1999 to 2000. I was on. I, I did like board hopping for like a country station, mm. and then I went from that to. Uh, working at a place called KSKU, where I basically did overnights, board hopping ball games, and then I had to make sure that all the CDs back in the day played for the Rick D's Top 40 and the Casey Kasem American Top 20. And uh, then I would do, like, I would record radio shows on my own with everything in audition. <laughs> and then eventually um about 2007 i ended up in salina kansas and i worked for a i, I did an internship for a place called eagle communications and um then the first day that i was there i got hired by a guy by the name of brother ken to um work on a thing called 92.7 the zoo salinas rock station and they didn't want me to be Jiggy Jag because that was too controversial. So they renamed me Crash Davis. Oh, wow. And so Crash Davis was basically a Grease Man impression. Every day I would do Grease Man on, oh, no, 927 to Zoe. You know, I would do that. And then people started realizing after we started doing Jiggy Jag TV. The Jiggy Jag and Crash Davis were the same people. But I would still have to be Crash Davis. <laughs> and then eventually when I got out of the, when we did the Rocking M thing, and then I eventually decided, okay, we're done with this. And then now I'm, I've still been Jiggy, but sure. I've, I've been everything from Jiggy Jag to Jigman Freud to <laughs> Jignatius Jag Wyatt. This is all nicknames that my buddy Frank Catolo gave me. And I don't know if anybody remembers Frank Cotolo used to be Mars Cotolo on the Wolfman Jack program. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I got to meet him and got to be really good friends with him. And then over the years, he's just given me these, these odd names. I was Jigman Fraud at one point. Um, Jignatius Jaguaya. Um, and then, of course, Frank is the one that has, I have all these stupid sayings that I say, like uh, Blowfish in a Twine Factory gerbil in a batting cage or uh, you got erica Rico who is so busy she's like a uh, ferret in a jello fight you know things like that and those are all those are all and then there's hey baby this jiggy jag we're at a porno convention that's right we're at the porno convention <laughs> hey richard you know what is so funny about that is that Years and years before I went to the ABN, we would do these Skype interviews because the only people back in the day that knew how to use Skype were porn people. Right. <laughs> Cutting edge. They, they, they were on it. They were on it. So we would do these Skype interviews, and we would never talk about porn. Like I had a webcam girl on one time. She had a record label. She was a best-selling author. She managed artists, and then she did webcamming just for shits and giggles, whatever. Yeah. And 
then it got to the point where I would get invited to the AVN every year. And I'm like, I have no use for Vegas. I don't know what's in Vegas. I don't care about Vegas. And then I go to Vegas. And now every year that there's a convention, I try to be there or I want to live there. <laughs> and if it wouldn't be for the fact that my photographer, Bob Hunter, or as I call him, the world famous Bob Hunter, and the lovely and talented Britannia, Brittany, um, knew about the ABN. They were the ones that said, hey, we all ought to go. So we go to the first year of uh, my first ABN. And Bob got us on the red carpet for showtime because apparently people like Bob. Um, I was told that day when I signed, when we got there, I was like, hey, where do we go for the passes for the Showtime thing? And they're like, you're not going to get on the red carpet. It's not going to happen. It's too packed. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so then the next day I go up there and I'm like, so when are the Showtime people going to be here? And they're like, they're going to be here Friday, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So then the next day we go in there and Bob's sitting there. Now, Bob has went for two days at the ABN and he, he politely goes up to people. Like, for instance, if Erica was being a perv magnet somewhere in her booth, he would walk up to her and it would be like, hey, could I take your picture? And she would be like, okay. And then she'd pose for it. And then he'd hand her a business card and he'd walk away. Apparently, I don't know anything about this, but apparently that doesn't, that's not common behavior at an ABN. <laughs> so I go up to Showtime and I said, hey, can what about those passes? And they're like, here you go. And they hand us these passes. And I said, why do I have these? And they go, well, it's because of Bob. We've gotten really good reports about Bob. <laughs> so, you know, the last year of ABN uh, in 2020, um, before they, I don't know, I've heard several stories. I've heard that a couple webcam girls got the gaming commission involved and Everybody got a fine. I, I, I don't know the, the actual things. That went on. But in 2020, um, for whatever reason, me and Brittany got terribly sick when we were at ABN. I don't know why. <laughs> and um, a lot of people were terribly sick at the ABN, and I still don't know why. <laughs> well, here's, and, here's what happens at Exotica. This is, <laughs> this is some... Footlight. That's probably another reason why everyone gets sick. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably one reason why everyone gets sick. I, I, now, I, of course, I, I missed that last ABM 2020 because, I mean, I was already exhausted. I'd been touring for two months. So, uh, well, I, I you said, missed. I said, Fuck it. You know, it's going to be like, on, you know, it's going to be like on a conveyor belt and who fucking knew. Boo well, that year. I happened to make friends with a macho man, Randy Savage impersonator who lived in Las Vegas. And so I told him, I said, hey, do you want to come to the ABN? And he goes, now, of course, the guy's done the voice forever. So he just slips right into it. He goes, dude, do you really think anyone's going to recognize me? And I said, dude, you're the fucking macho man. You're gonna, you're going to be recognized. And so the first day, uh, would have been the, the Wednesday or the Thursday. I went up to, I think it was Derek Pierce at some point, And I said, hey, if I could get a Macho Man or any Savage impersonator here, would that, be, would that go over? 
And he goes, fuck, yeah, dude. It would go over like gangbusters. So later on, I happen to bump into the, uh, she's now a soap. She now makes soap, Karma RX. I bump into her, and I said, hey, if I could get a Macho Man Randy Savage impersonator here. And she goes, dude, get him here. So I'm like, okay. So I've got, I've got a little bit of, uh, I've done some market research. <laughs> so Saturday, he shows up with us. And I'm having breakfast with somebody because I always have to have an all-star at my breakfast. I find famous people that I know in Vegas, and I invite them to breakfast just so I can say, hey, look who I know. So uh, just like I always tell Brittany, I don't have an ego. And then, of course, then Brittany turns around and goes, that's bullshit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so what happens is this guy shows up in the Slim Jim outfit. He's got the, the Macho Man Slim Jim thing. He looks like Randy Savage. He's walking through the freaking Hard Rock Casino here. And on the way up the hotel, he's like, dude, do you think anybody's going to know who I, I said, dude? I have spread the word. And he's like, big deal. And I said, dude. So as we come around the corner, Patrick, as you know, around that corner <laughs> to get your media credentials, the entire room is packed with PR people, porn stars, and they're all there for the macho man. <laughs> and he walks in that door and they start quoting promos to him. They're wanting to get photos with them, everybody and their brother. It's the greatest thing ever. And we go downstairs and we're walking through the ABN and people are spotting him. The fans and the marks are getting photos. And through this whole thing, everybody's all excited. And then Evan Stone walks by and he goes, isn't that guy dead? And then he keeps walking. <laughs> and it was it was fantastic getting getting to so i try to do something strange like that every year hey richard pacheco's with us and we need to talk to uh, richard for a little bit and richard what do you think of g i love richard's setup by the way there behind you there sir oh, we can't quite hear you uh-oh no you're not on let's see uh, no. what's happened He's, he's silent. Mm. It's like a silent movie. I know. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, Jesus Christ! Hello, Jiggy. Oh, you're, hello. you're quite a character, Jiggy. It's Thank nice you, sir. You. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I've wow. I've 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 been around the world and back several times, but uh, exotic is always fun. Um, I'm hoping that Erica makes the trip. Well, we're, gonna, we're not going to know until uh, probably at the end of this week. So, you know, it, um, I just paid a huge tax bill. So, um, you know what season it is. But you know what? Uh, if, if I don't do this one, I'm going to do one of the other ones. You know, and that's pretty much a given. I, I don't want to lose these shoots that I have set up right now um, for Chicago. And I'm, and I'm going back again there in September, which is ironic. But we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to know a lot more in a few days, hopefully. Hey, next week's guest is uh, Wayne, and uh, Wayne, you have a question for Jiggy. I do. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. 
Oh, I'm yeah, I love this. I you, love sir. talking about me, Wayne. I mean, I got to tell you, you've inspired me to do great things. I might go me in jail, but there'll be great times in jail. You've been my inspiration, sir. That's right. Uh, let's see, Alex is with us. Alex does have a question because I just saw him ask it in the text box. Alex, go ahead. Oh, hi. I, I was wondering, out of all the uh, celebrities you've met, who has been the biggest weirdo? <laughs> biggest weirdo yep oh my god i would say um which is ironic because erica kind of reminds me of her not that eric is a weirdo but um otep heavy metal chick mm-hmm. otep i gotta look her otep up shamaya i think is her name patrick's probably gonna be able to find a photo of her she is she she looks like um what the hell's her name? The chick used to be in the 80s band, the Plasmatics. Um, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. Yes. Yeah, 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 I remember her. Yeah, very well. <laughs> Otep, we were told not to ask Otep political questions or anything like that. And so, of course, when we did our interview with her, my buddy Ann Sheever had to ask her a political question. And she talked. And her tour manager kept coming in there like, I got to get her out of here. We got to do sound check. I got to get her out of here. So Otep, um, maybe, God, who else? Um, I think that's, that, that's probably the weirdest one was Otep. Eddie Money, maybe, because he was just kind of, yeah, Eddie Money. But. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jorge is with us. George, go ahead. No, no. Um, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I'm not, yes. I'm not really familiar with, with your work. or, or Hey, that's fine. Most of the world is not. You know, <laughs> You're you know, good, brother. You know, and Patrick, you know, Patrick and I have been friends for, for a while. I, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the Zoom and, you know, are, are you going to be at the Miami Exotica? You know, what's funny about that is I don't know if I'll be at the Miami Exotica because Brittany is allergic to the entire state of Florida. Oh, shit. She she did in her day job. She did hazmat training down there for a week one time. Okay. And she couldn't. Her sinuses were all screwed. And she was so happy when she could get on that plane and fly back to Kansas. And you know, so she's told me on several occasions, I can't go to Florida. I'm allergic to the entire state, which is funny because I've always wanted to go to Florida to meet Bubba the Love Sponge and hang out at Hulk Hogan's Beach Shop. So, uh, so, so I want to do it myself. I sorry I joined so late, but, you know, if, if you know, <laughs> hopefully you'll, you'll be at Miami. and, and That would be fun. And, There's and, another so. thing in Miami that – um. Big Will and I got invited to in January. It was called uh, Barry's Boob Fest. I don't know what this is, <laughs> but I was apparently there's a thing called Barry's Boob Fest. I'm not. I'm not familiar. With I'm that. not familiar with it either. <laughs> but thank you for joining us on yeah. Zoom, and yeah, you know, it was nice to meet you. Thank you, sir. I'll ask a, a kind of a, a serious question on our way out here. Oh no, you, serious question! The, the podcast world, the vlogging world, the the world that you're in more than I am because I'm not in it much. 
but where, where do you see this as far as as things like Exotica and AVN go? Are they going to have to start paying attention or is just everybody going to do it and it's just going to be a million and one uh, media passes? And then I think at some point they're going to have to pay attention to the people that are actually doing the actual work because right. like like I was saying earlier, the guys at the ABN, that was one of the things that I was really shocked by with the red carpet is that Bob, whenever he shows up, Bob has, you know, like a DSLR camera. He's, he's doing professional photography. And we're in line with guys who have selfie sticks and cell phones. And, and granted, I've taken a lot of great pictures on cell phones. But... A lot of the places that we get into as far as like music venues, if I were to show up at, a, at, a, at like, for instance, a couple weeks ago, we didn't go at the end of the whole thing because I didn't want to deal with the nonsense at this building. But um, there's a building in Wichita, Kansas called Interest Bank Arena, and I didn't want to deal with all their nonsense. But we had photo passes for corn. If I would have showed up at the corn show with a selfie stick and a cell phone, that is said, get out. (laughs) So at some point you're going to have to, you know, like the people that are, that have been, that have a body of work and see, this is the thing that I always tell people. Whenever we go to these porn conventions, it's always so funny. And Patrick, I'm sure you get the same thing. When I get back, I have a billion people who go, I'm going next year. Mm. Oh, I'm going. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to go with you next year, dog. Mm -hmm. And so when the next year rolls around, I always go, hey, we're going to leave on this date, blah, 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 blah. And then it's, oh, man, dog. I just paid my car. No, dog. You know, all all this stuff. (laughs) I get back back and I've got women – that want to know how to do webcam stuff. They want yes. to and, yes. and, and this one chick says, I just got my vag redone. I want to show it off. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Have a sample. Uh, I'll take a look at that first. So <laughs> that's, that's the thing is that at some point they're going to have to look at some of these people. And granted, one of the things that I'm terribly jealous about, is I'll get on YouTube and I'll see some of these guys that have these YouTube channels where they're going to Exotica and they're going to ABN and they're doing all these interviews and they've got like 60,000 views on their videos. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? I've yeah. never heard of these people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, they're, and it's not even like they're with anybody famous either. No, no. They're, they're like the guy you showed earlier that was kissing the chick's feet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, One got- of the things I love about these AVNs is last year we were in line to talk to, what the hell's her name, Brittany something. She is quite the little perv magnet. Um, and what the fuck is her name? Um, Brittany Amber is her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were getting ready to talk to Brittany Amber, and there was this guy that was in front of me and Big Will, and he had, like, a Santa Claus bag. It was like a bag full of toys. I don't know what the hell was in there. Well, I got to find out what the hell was in there. He had replicas of the Captain America shield, 
the Thor hammer that lights up. He had the Thanos glove. <laughs> he had all this stuff. And he paid her to basically wear it. And he was going to take her picture. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> so I guess I've, I've, and I'm sure, you know, if any of you guys have ever been to these exoticas or these, um, the AVNs, I love the guys that walk around with the replica championship title belts from professional wrestling. <laughs> um, they get people to sign them. They get people to wear them and they want to take photos. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is insane, but it, at some point you're going to have to do something. What, what's funny there, Patrick, is, is you put up the Evan Stone thing there with Brittany. Um, one of the ABNs I went to one time, Evan Stone's walking around. And, you know, if anybody's ever been to these Exoticas, these ABNs, they've got giant posters of everybody. And so Evan Stone walks by this thing, and he is getting ready to go into this hallway. And his, he's blown up, literally, on the wall. And he doesn't have a pass on. And he starts to walk up there. And security gets in front of him, and they go, we can't let you in here, sir. And he goes, does it help that I'm behind you on the wall? And they turned around, and they looked at it. They turned around, and they said, sorry, we need a pass. <laughs> so then Brian Gross from the ABN walks up there and he goes, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. I'll just get one printed upstairs. So he takes his off, hands it to Evan, and goes back upstairs. But two weeks later, unbeknownst to me, I find out on the internet, of course, where everything is, <laughs> that apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger tried to go into a gold's gym and tried to get a, a, a workout there. And he built gold's gym. His photos are all over the place. He did the same thing. He said, I want to get a day pass. And they're like, we're, we're not selling day passes. And he goes, what well, does it help that I'm behind you on the wall? And they're like, yep, we need, we're going to need to see some ID. <laughs> so I don't know what the deal is with these people, but, yeah. Evan says it's great to have a big dick, but you can't rent a car with it. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway. Big dicks don't pay the bills, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wonderful to have you here. Uh, Jiggy, what's, yes. your Twitter, what's your Twitter address? So uh, I am online at uh, on Twitter at J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R. And what are, what are a couple of websites? So we'll put this in our little... Um, JiggyJagTV.com is where all my porn interviews and the... Um, my, I'm slowly but surely update, uploading old episodes of Jiggy Jag TV, my cable access show from Salina, where I would do these interviews with these bands. I would have political people on. Uh, we did a thing one time where we had no guests. And they put me in front of a green screen and just threw props at me. And I wore them. Um, also, uh, I have a, a scene, which I was trying to prove. So everybody kept telling me, don't make fun of Muslims. Because they'll come get you. They'll come bomb your house, whatever. So 
one night, my camera guy, Ninja Larry, throws me like a tablecloth, like a doily, and I threw it on my head, and I did the la-la-la thing, and I was sweeping up, and I said, all you Muslims, all you're good for is to sweep up. Nobody's ever bought my house. I'm terribly disappointed. <laughs> hey, um, you know what? I'll play it on record here. Who caused more, more uh, uh, destruction, the Catholic Church or the Muslim faith? I could have wore a Catholic. I could have. I could have got like a Catholic hat. That would have been. Yeah. But um. But yeah. With, with JiggyJagTV.com. Um. If you want to see my political <laughs> stuff, it is JiggyJaguar.com. But uh, and then of course another website. If you want to go there, uh, we've got like band interviews from everybody that I've, like my buddy Michael Nagy. When he does interviews, I, I put them on the website and um. I've got a couple guys oh. in Portland, Oregon, or as Tom Likas likes to call it, Portland, home of the other white meat. Um, uh, it's called the Mike.fun, T-H-E-M-I-C.F-U-N. But uh, you could get everything through Jiggy Jag TV. That's sure. pretty much All right. right. Well, and we're going to see each other, I believe, in Kansas City in a couple weeks. I believe so, because I've got to go harass Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, and um, then they just announced and, uh, they just announced uh, Elvira is going to be there. Elvira is going to be there. The newly out Elvira, yeah, and she will not be dressed as Elvira. She's going to be dressed as Catherine, Kathleen, whatever her name is. And so that just saves me a uh, hundred bucks for a selfie with her. <laughs> Patrick, I'm sorry. I need to get some of those Funkos. But I also will be getting uh, the Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler one signed. You know, um, the Planet Comic Con is interesting. Um, I got engaged to Brittany at a Planet Comic Con with Lou Ferrigno. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what we've, you know, I always see those things on Facebook where people are like, well, you'll never be as cool as blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, no one will ever top getting engaged to their future wife without Lou Ferrigno being in the background. So when I went and interviewed Lou Ferrigno, afterwards I said, hey, I'm getting ready to propose to Brittany, who's running the camera. I basically want you in the photo when I ask her to marry me. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, this will be fun. And then he changed so, his price. So, uh, so we got that. And then, of course, Bob Hunter. You know, Bob, Bob had to be there to get the photo. But uh, <laughs> there's 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 a lot of you know I definitely would love to come back and tell more stories, Patrick, because uh, I I've got some. <laughs> I know that. Um, uh, uh, oh, here's here's I didn't get married there, but he was he was there. So. He was there. He's great. I love Big Lou. Yeah, yeah. And um, Big Lou, and then of course, uh, you know, I traveled all the way to. Um, Colorado Springs about a year or two ago because I had to meet Adrian Paul from Highlander. Yes, I had him. He was doing this thing called the Sword Experience, and I had had him on the radio show. And then I said, "Hey, where are you going to be?" And he's like, "Well, I'm going to be in Colorado Springs." And I said, "I'll be there." Wow! And I took a samurai sword and I had him sign it. And then, of course, I marked out to him. And then later on, I told Brittany I didn't mark out to him. And she goes, that's bullshit. <laughs> You're just a big mark. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I will I will travel to meet these people. One of the things that I always wanted to do in Vegas is go meet um, meet up with uh, although he doesn't live in Vegas. He lives somewhere near Vegas. But Art Davey, the guy who originally came up with the ultimate fighting championship, lives in Nevada. I would love to meet him at some stage of the game. Along with me being at Planet Comic Con, again, one of these deals was, hey, next year, if you go, let me know, was the guy who's actually going to go, and he's going to be my roommate out there. He's uh, He and his wife are uh, big-time bloggers, and they write a lot of articles for papers um, awesome. and magazines and whatnot. And so Tim and his wife are going to be at Planet Comic Con, too, also as well. That's so, great. And then the night before Friday, no, Saturday night, um, I'm going to go over to Seika's house, interview her, and sign a bunch of autographs. Seika? So, she lives in Kansas City? Yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Is she going to be at the uh, the Exotica? She's in our booth, yes. That's awesome. I yeah. Here's a little I... trivia. Seika and I have um, the same ex, believe it or not. A lot of people don't know that. Wow. We dated the same person at different times, different periods. He showed me the pictures of them going to, like, the fucking Indiana Dunes when she lived in Chicago. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really creepy in a lot of ways, too. It's kind of creepy in a lot of ways. Yeah. George, has one more thing before we go. Yes. Go ahead, George. Yeah, no, no, no. Just speaking of Highlander. I would love an autograph from Christian Lambert. What, 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 you know, I have read, I'm in some of these, I'm such a Highlander mark. I'm in a bunch of these Highlander Facebook groups. Apparently Christopher Lambert lives in France and only does the comic cons overseas. And at one point there used to be some sort of service where you could basically mail him a photo and he'd mail him a photo and PayPal him some money and he'd sign it and send it back to you. But apparently he doesn't do that anymore because everybody and their brother wants a damn autograph. No, no, I would love an autograph from him. (laughs) There's a guy in one of the Highlander groups that has a sword or a photo that he went and got signed. He went to a European Comic-Con and got Christopher Lambert to sign it. And then he went to another Comic-Con in the United States and got Adrian Paul to sign it. And so he's got both their signatures. Okay. That's pretty badass. I guess it is what it is. Yes. This is going to run out our booth. uh, Look at that. Seika. Lynn LeMay. uh, Gina Carrera. Leslie Winston. Lynn LeMay. And Lynn and um, Leslie Winston looks like a little perv magnet. They all look like perv magnets. But, and the you know, Crick- perv magnet is, is a term that I really overuse at porn conventions because they're all perv magnets. That's yeah. why they're there. And then uh, Lolly Tops will be there as well. Lolly Tops. He just followed me today on Twitter, which I found. I just got a little chuckle, like a little, like a little schoolgirl, after I yeah. seen the, the name uh, Lolly underscore Tops is now following you. I'm like, ah, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she wants to. Well, she definitely wants to do an interview with you, and and uh, she wants to. She's she she really wants to get out on on the feature circuit again, dancing. That's where she was, and and she's been in. Hey. All- you, you know as well as I do, Patrick, the one thing about all these 
you know, comic cons and porn conventions and all this stuff now is that the people that were growing up watching them are now like all of us. They're all of a certain age and we got a little bit of money in our pocket and we want to go meet these people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, Sergeant Slaughter is going to be at the, um, yeah. <laughs> at the, at the planet comic-con mm -hmm. and there is a GI Joe cosplay group and they have for the longest time tried to get Sergeant Slaughter to come over to their area and those planet comic-con people, they, you know, they keep those celebrities in lockdown. And I told him one year, I said, you guys should, next time he's here, just go to his booth. Yeah. Just go to his fucking booth. Yes. <laughs> What's funny is we did an interview with the Sergeant Slaughter uh, cosplayer at um, a Planet Comic Con one year, and I asked him all professional wrestling questions. And afterwards, he's like, why, do you, why did you ask me all these pro wrestling questions? Was Sergeant Slaughter a wrestler? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so. My goal is if I ever get to interview Sergeant Slaughter, I'm going to ask him all G.I. Joe questions, and I'm going to tell him that joke. But um, are you going to be going, Patrick, to the um, – what the hell is it called? It's a, it's a Comic-Con in Oklahoma that oh. is like PopCon or something. No. And the what only reason why I'm probably going to go is because Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, is going to be there, and he'll have the NWA world title with him. Zack oh. Ryder. Oh, <laughs> uh, woo, woo, woo. You uh, know it. <laughs> we're going to uh, Planet Comic Con, Exotica, and then in May, there's a, there's one in Des Moines. It's their first year. And the most famous guy, that, well, they got two famous guys. Uh, the only one I'm getting is Red um, Power Ranger. Oh, is it is it the original, the one that's now like doing gay porn, or is it or is it the uh, or is it a different Red Power Ranger? And the other one is the guy that uh, was in some uh, sitcom with uh, Eight is Enough, Keenan from uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. I was I was really hoping you were going to cut me off because um, I would have just named random sitcoms forever. Oh. Eight is enough. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, Alex, I don't know if I was going to the Hall of Fame in Waterloo. Yes. Uh, Trish. Um, Stratus? I believe I have her Funko Pop right here. Uh, Trish Stratus is going to be there. That's awesome. Oh, Trish Stratus. Holy Trish Lord. Stratus. Yeah. I yeah. remember reading. Uh, I remember seeing her in bodybuilding magazines yeah. years and years before she became a pro wrestler. And I'm like. And that's, that's where I met uh, Sergeant Slaughter once. I met him in Minneapolis once. And I said. Something about sir. It's a great honor to meet you, sir. And he says, "Don't call me sir. I work for a living. Drop and give me 20. <laughs> you know, the first time I uh, we I gotta go, folks. Excuse me. Take care. Nice Thank to meet you. you. See you around. Yes. Thank you, Richard. Um, I got to meet um, Demolition Axe and Smash one time. Ah. At a at a wrestling event, a guy by the name of Flex Reed was having. Who, by the way, Flex Reed is a big fan of Erica Ryko. I, uh, he, he, when, when she was on my show, he's like, is that chick going to be in Chicago? Yeah, I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I got to meet Axe and Smash. And everybody and their brother, you know, everybody had to run down the hallway when they found out they were in the locker room. And so all these, 
all these wrestlers, all these indie wrestlers who are basically cosplayers, they're, they're running down the hallway because, oh, my God, I don't mean X smash. So they walk in the door, and they're calling them sir and, you know, all this stuff, and it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then I walk in the door, and Bill Eddy, Demolition Axe, is sitting there, and he's just, you know, he's signing some autographs, and I walk in, and I go, holy smokes, the masked superstar is here. <laughs> and then he he gets up, shakes his head, and he goes, "Not nice to meet you. Who who are, who are you exactly?" <laughs> so, you know, whenever I meet a lot of these people, I don't, I don't, I might be marking out, and in fact, I would mark out. And if I got to meet Erica Rico in in person, I'd probably mark out. He is but, wonderful, um, but that smile. I don't I don't treat them like they're huge deals like everybody else does i'm just like oh hey it's nice <laughs> blah, blah, blah. so it, it's right. not a big deal you know you know i'll tell you there's an area right off of moholland and uh you know when i was you know when i'm doing a lot of writing particularly when i would have a deadline screenwriting um i would go to the starbucks uh we call it the top of the hill and it's right by beverly glenn and moholland and it's there's it's loaded with celebs. I would see Tom Cruise there a lot before he married Katie Holmes. Y- you'll see anybody at any given time. And right next to the Starbucks is, is the Beverly Glen Deli. So once I'm, when I I said after after I'm done working, you know we'll have some dinner and we'll go over there. So at, so as we're just sitting in the booth, uh, Burt Reynolds and Charles Durning. This is like 2008 at the time. And I was working on this cold case. Uh, it was the early 70s. Piece. It, was, it was fun. And, uh, you, you know, it's a p- kind of place where people want to be low-key. They don't want to be bothered or anything like that. Sure enough, some guy walks over to their booth while they're, ch- you know, just trying to, you know, enjoy their meal. And it's like, it, it's, that's the one thing, you know, where it's like, you know, it, it's, the, you know, the time and place and everything for them. Yes. And it's like the first thing, he's like, you know, he's practically doing the dick sucking thing. I want to suck your dick because you're such a great fucking actor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It never gets old. You know what I mean? It never gets yeah. old. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, we got to cut it off at some point in time. Yes. It's probably as good as ever. But uh, anyway, Jiggy, thank you so much for, for being here. We'll, we'll oh, yeah. I would, I would love to come back after this whole Exotica mess in Chicago and, uh, and, do, a, uh, and do a debriefing. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we're going to do one of those in, uh, in the hotel bar after Exotica. <laughs> we'll have this on 7 o'clock. Stop by, and, and we're going to have a bunch of stars there. And they're, they're, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank thank you guys for being here. I, I you know, it's 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 great. Stuff. Hey, by the way, did you get a finally get a chance to see that movie Threads that I was signing? Yes, I did. Yes, oh I my did. fucking god, is that the? It, it, it's so fucking bad. Not bad as in like anything fucking Adam Sandler's in. It's man, that's brutal. Uh, next <laughs> yeah. week. Next week, we're going to have Wayne in, the, in on our show. We're going to talk about this and that and then some mafia stuff, some mob stuff, and it's going to be cool. So, anyway, we'll uh, up here, and we will talk to everybody next Sunday night right here on Just Talking and JustTalking.com. Thanks, everybody, for coming out.